Round off the usual suspects. The Entertainment Roundtable. Chewie. We're home. I'll have what she's having. We were on a break! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. There's the truth and the truth. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. All right, welcome to it. It's 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and once again, your favorite radio show back on the air. It's the Entertainment Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. Sitting across from me, like it usually is, one Mr. Jacob Raspberry. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's uh, had a little bit longer of a drive this morning due to some traffic, but uh, yeah, it's traffic's, all right. It's a lot of uh, construction and events going on downtown, yeah. which lead to a perfect storm of Bumper to bumpiness. And, and I, I got here on time, so I'm you good did. with that. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Joining us on the phones, as per usual, one Mr. Ryan from New England. How's it going, Ryan? Doing well, sir. I've seen it all. I've seen apes on horses. I've seen humans <laughs> versus apes. And this just in, Third Eye Comics in Annapolis of my home state of Maryland just got rated as the number one comic book store brought to you by Travel and Leisure Magazine. So congrats to wow. Third Comics. Comics rule. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Good on them, man. That must be nice. I have to come up there and visit that comic store if it's the best in the country. Goodness I know. Goodness. you got to get on it, son. <laughs> All right. Now, also joining us on the phone, Steve West. Good morning, Steve. Well, good morning to you. How's everything? Everything's good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I had the chance to check out a war over the planet of apes myself. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. We're going to be a little bit review heavy here at the top. Um, yeah. you, if you recall earlier in the year, there was a time when I, it was y'all were making fun of me because you work on a movie show and you're not seeing any movies. Well, I'm I've begun to rectify that situation because I myself have, uh, well, three reviews. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to those in a moment. Uh, running the board as usual, Mr. Gary. How's it going today, Gary? Great, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're gonna like I said, we got a lot of news, a lot of reviews. So we're gonna get right to it. Uh, first, the topic today, the year. It's half over, so we're going to get our uh, everyone's top five films of the year so far. If you want to chime in, 941-1011. You know, you don't have to do a top five. Maybe you just got uh, two or three. Uh, just let us know what some of your favorite movies so far of 2017 are. We'd love to hear from you, so give us a call. Um, let's see. We're going to jump right into the box office business because that will lead us to our reviews. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes opened with just over $56 million in the top spot. Uh, let's go, why not uh, alphabetically, so I'll start off with my review of War for the Planet of the Apes. I loved it. I dug it. These movies have had no business being as good as they are. I watched the first two on Blu-ray the week before leading into the release. Um, I, I remember when the original, when uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was announced, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to you know, reboot Planet of the Apes. Then they cast James Franco. Oh, my God, James Franco is a scientist. It's the worst thing ever. And then they said, it's going to be motion captured. Oh, my God, they're not doing practical makeup. This is horrifying. And uh, then everybody loved it. And then, then the second one came out, and everybody was like, holy crap, that's good, too. And then now this third one has come out, and I thought it was the perfect capper on this, this trilogy of, of movies that had no business being as good as they are. And I give it a solid 8 out of 10. You, if you like the other two, you should see it. If you haven't seen any of them, watch the first two, and then go see this, too. So uh, let's see. We're going alphabetically. So Ryan. Your thoughts on War for the Planet of the Apes? Well, you know what, guys? I actually took a different approach to this, Jeff. I actually didn't do my homework before this movie. <gasps> I remember Rise and Dawn. I saw them in theaters many, 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 many years ago, but I didn't watch them before 
going in to see Wolf of the Planet of the Apes, so eh, you got one up on me there, buddy. But anyhow, Wolf of the Planet of the Apes, my goodness gracious, I really can't think of anything wrong with this movie except to be nitpicky, maybe one or two things, little itty-bitty minuscule things I didn't like about this movie. Other than that, I mean, I, I want to give it a 10 out of 10 so flippin' badly, but I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, but altogether... This film is not what you expect from the trailers. It is, complete, it is somewhat different from what you, it is being advertised, but that's not a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. Great dialogue, good action when it needs to happen. The plot all around is perfectly well done. The acting, the motion capture. I mean, this is a motion capture. These are actual apes that are intelligent, and they are talking right in your face. That's how good the visual effects have come in the last handful of years, six years alone from Rise to war for the Planet of the Apes, so if you have not seen this movie yet, go out and see it, support it, it is great, it is wonderfully done, visually, it's beautiful to look at, beautiful to watch, Andy Serkis gives an Oscar-worthy performance, 100,000%, war for the Planet of the Apes, 9 out of 10, go see it. All right, Steve West, you're next, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I disagree with you two, unfortunately. That's fine. Um, I will say the good news. This is absolutely visually stunning. It's every bit as good-looking, if not better-looking, than the first two in the series. But unfortunately, that's about the best I can give it. Uh, the storyline is it's good, but it ran into the Hobbit syndrome. It takes way too much time, in my mind, traveling from point A to point B. It picked up a little bit of needless comic relief along the way. I don't really think that we needed the comic side of things. The character turned out to be important uh, as far as what was going on. The comic relief wasn't necessary in my mind. And they took way too long to get to the payoff, which means that to me the resultant war felt way too rushed. To me, this the movie's good, but it's not as good as the first two. I'm going five out of ten. Okay, that's that's perfectly all right, man. Um, that's why we do this show. Get everybody's thoughts and opinions. I mean, it's America. You're free to be wrong, brother. There it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cool. All right, let's see. Uh, moving on. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, it dropped 62% in its second week, which normally isn't very good news for a comic book film. Um, it made $44 million, and with his thoughts on Spider-Man, young Jacob, he got to sneak out and get to see one. Yeah. New dad like, got to go to movies. I know when we get to our top five films, I've seen exactly five films this year. Your so. list is easy. Yeah, my <laughs> list is pretty easy. Uh, yeah, so Spider-Man Homecoming, I will give them credit in that they, to me, I feel like they have gotten spy the character Spider-Man closer than it to, to what the comic book Spider-Man is in this film than, than any other Spider-Man film they've done so far. Uh, I love that they captured that it felt like, um, you know, Spider-Man usually wins the day, but there's usually a, there's usually consequences to him winning. Right. He doesn't get uh, everything. Doesn't always work out rosy and happy sunshine in uh, for Spider-Man usually in the comics. And yeah, he usually has to give something up. Right. To go get a win. Exactly. That's kind of <laughs> what the whole thing of Spider-Man is. Is I'm not going to get to do all of the great things I want to do because. I have the power to be Spider-Man, and I need to do this. And that's right. kind of what you see here in this film. I think they really captured that more than any of the other films. Loved Keaton as the Vulture. He's amazing in that that role. Uh, and and Bokeem Woodbine, not on the not not there that much, but yeah, I love him in anything. It, he's he's pretty awesome. Uh, 
Uh, so really, all in all, I, I really enjoyed the movie. My only real criticisms, there's some parts that it gets a little slow and then it slows down. So there's some pacing issues. And I thought that there could be a little more, uh, a little bigger of a final battle in the end. I thought that it was a little anticlimactic, but still pretty great. Uh, it's still really, really, like they set up this universe, a, a good Spider-Man universe for the future. You can tell there's some things that are coming that are, are, are pretty great. So I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Cool. All right. Yeah, like I said, it uh, dropped 62%, but it's made $207 million so far. Uh, so I don't think they're crying too much over no. there with Sony and Marvel. Uh, Despicable well, Me 3. Do we really need to cry for anything that Marvel slash Disney does? I mean, eh. at this point in time, we should be looking at it and going, congratulations, Sony, you have a brand. Right. It's right. A, but I don't know if I don't know if Disney actually gets to see any profits. I doubt it. I think they just are they're like, well, let us be in charge creatively. We'll, we'll make you a good movie. Yeah. I think that's basically. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, you think about Disney and what Disney and Marvel have been doing creatively. And I, I know that Ryan's got his problems here, but by and large, they have yet really to have a creative misstep. Right. And it's certainly shown up in the box office. And again, this, for me, finally proves that at least somebody over at Sony has a brain and said, you know what, we need to do this right. Well, well, Spider-Man anyway. Now they're like, no, we're going to do Venom too. Oh, yeah, we got Black <laughs> yeah, Cat. We're going right. to do that. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a Craven movie. Check this out. we got all these Spider-Man people. We're going to make them franchise. Um, yeah, I think they're not drinking the right cup of coffee over there. And as far as the Sony Marvel deal, Sony's getting all this money. Marvel and the you know Marvel slash Disney doesn't get a penny of anything the Homecoming okay. gets. Everything goes to Sony, and rightfully so because Sony. Let's face facts, Jack. They've been in the toilet bowl. They've been the butt of everyone's joke. They've been in the sink for the last like five to ten years. So it's good to see them coming just a little bit above water. And a rising tide raises all ships. Plus. Plus, Marvel slash Disney gets a basically two-hour advertisement for the next Avengers movie. That's well, clearly, <laughs> because you can clearly see that they planted seeds towards the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm not going to spoil it for the audience, but the seeds that they did plant, that was a heck of a job they did, man. I'm going to give MCU credit for that. Good planting of the seeds there in Homecoming. There we go. Um, let's see. We have the top five, Despicable Me. Three in at third. It made $19 million. Baby Driver hanging in the top five. Came in fourth. Uh, with the big sick opening wide and bumping Wonder Woman out of the top five for the first time in its seven-week run. That's amazing. But it's at number six, so not, mean, yeah, they ain't too worried about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> seven weeks in the top five, that's crazy. In this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Opening up this weekend, we've got uh, Girls Trip with Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, and Jada Pinkett-Smith, uh, Tiffany Haddish and Lorenz Tate when four lifelong friends travel to New Orleans for the annual Essence Festival. Sisterhoods are rekindled, wild sides are rediscovered, and there's enough dancing, drinking, brawling, and romancing to make the big easy blush. How about that? Wow, <laughs> All right, we're about to get into uh, a couple of my reviews because, hey, Jeff got, had a busy week. Uh, I saw Dunkirk. It opens this weekend. I saw it Thursday. It's got Mark Rylance, Tom Hardy, Kenneth Bragan, Killian Murphy. The list goes on and on. Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuated from the French coast during a fierce battle in the early days of World War II. Like I said, I saw this on Thursday. Christopher Nolan, the new movie. Once this thing gets going, and it almost it's going from the beginning, I'll be honest with you. It opens up with soldiers sprinting down the street away from Nazi, Nazis. Um, it does not let up. It is, it is pretty relentless. And 
Uh, I know a lot of us know if it's Christopher Nolan, we're going to have exposition. People are going to be talking, talking, talking. No. This is the first Christopher Nolan movie where the silences are almost as important as anything that's said uh, because they're usually broken by the sound of 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 an airplane dive bombing you. And oh my gosh, the effects as far as the like the airplanes, the anytime that there is violence, the they the sound mix on this movie is is thunderous. I mean, I, I can't. It, you're, you're almost put there, you know, just to hear the, the 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 squeal of this jet engine diving towards you. You know, about to drop bombs and when machine guns go off, it's explode. You know, it's man. This movie works on just a visceral level, which I think is exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, they're, they're, you don't get to really know any of these characters. You're not with the most of them long enough. It's all about how these people react in the moment. And uh, it was just propulsive. It's, it's, you need to see this on the big screen. If you, if you know a theater that has a great system, sound system, see it there. Um, it is a rock-solid 8.5 out of 10. Really, really good movie. Can't recommend it highly enough. Steve is a, is a history guy. It would surprise me if, if you do not adore this movie so yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm going to be checking it out tomorrow so would you say it's it's a, a departure from what uh nolan normally does or is it still kind of in his wheelhouse it's just I, I a mean, war movie that he you know it's a christopher nolan war movie yeah i mean um and, and no it, it is very nolan because i'm just just structurally it's laid out like this you have the soldiers on the beach or the mole as they called it that storyline takes place and, and you get title cards take place over about a week then you have the civilian boats they send for them that takes place over the course of a day then you have the royal air force as air support who are in the air for a little over an hour so but the, these all three of these timelines are going on throughout the entire movie until they all sort of culminate and meet at one point in the end so he, he's, oh yeah it's the christopher, a, it's the christopher nolan, christopher nolan kind of thing. thanks so there you go all right just um, curious the other big one opening this week, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets with Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, Clive Owen, and Rihanna. A dark force threatens Alpha, which is a vast metropolis and home to species from a thousand planets. Duh. Special operatives Valerian and Loreline must race to identify the marauding menace and safeguard not just Alpha, but the future of the universe. Like you do. Of course. Okay, I saw this one yesterday, and surprise, surprise, <laughs> given my history with, with crazy sci-fi epics. Especially from Luc Besson. Yes, this is a, this is so Luc Besson. This is such a Luc Besson joint, and I ate up every bit of it. Man, I adored this movie. The characters are paper thin. The plot isn't anything to hang your hat on, but man, it is spectacle out the wazoo. Let me tell you, if you've got, you know your kids, you know what they're ready for. If you've got like an eleven or twelve year old who loves this stuff, paint them to see this. It will blow their minds. Uh, but one caveat: it's based on a French comic book. You know, they're a little more. <laughs> So there are, you know, it's got a current of, uh, of sauciness that runs through it. There's one scene that introduces Rihanna, especially she's a shape-shifting alien who basically does a burlesque-type dance. I mean, there's, there's never any nudity or anything, but I just want you to know that it's a, it is a saucy, saucy dance. So it's a little racy? It's a little racy, yeah, but, uh, man, it's a, uh, man, I mean, it's just spectacle. This is, if that, if this sounds... I think the fact that uh, if you like if you like the fifth element, you're going to love this. And I think the fact that this is an adaptation of a comic book sort of reigns Besson in a little bit, so it doesn't get out there. He's sort of, you know, the fifth element has got some really silly 
just slapdash, silly, cartoonish moments and bits in it and is humorous, a little juvenile. This one, I think, helps that it's based on an existing property, so that is sort of reined in. And, yeah, if you if you like stuff like Jupiter Ascending, um, like I did, or, uh, man, I don't know, I'm trying to think of it. You know, like all the sci-fi stuff from the 80s, this is that with a $180 million budget. And, you know, I'm giving it a, 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 a realistically a 7 out of 10, but my heart says it's a 10. <laughs> which which one is the better of the two though, Fifth Element or Valerian overall? Uh, I like I, I I think Valerian is something. This the one that I will end up watching more. more. Oh, you kidding me? No. Oh, gee, Willikers. All right, whatever. Have you seen Valerian? <laughs> I have no desire because it looks like garbage. And judging by the Rotten Tomato scores, even though I haven't looked at it yet, I'm pretty sure it's pretty lean rotten. Uh, uh, it's right. It's about half and half. It splits at fifty five percent. Ooh, that's bad. But you know, it uh, it happens. It, well, it, but the, this is when you think about it. This is kind of typical for this style of movie for Basson. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, Jupiter Ascending, and Jupiter Ascending was a visual whirlwind. Yeah. Just like you said, the storyline is paper thin. Yeah. And that's kind of what <laughs> I got out of Valerian. It's a beautiful film with a storyline that is so paper thin. It's it's kind of ridiculous. So what you need to do is just kind of check that at the door and go in and just be amazed at the visuals and it, and it is i mean it doesn't stop once it gets going i mean it's just one thing after the other just bang 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 it's a city of a thousand planets there's yeah. so much stuff to see just don't ask a lot of questions That's about right. what's going on yeah exactly <laughs> don't start thinking about anything logic has no place that's right you can't swing a space squid in here without hitting another alien life form you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> they jammed in there like sardines all right next week you're gonna keep an eye out for mm, what i've been looking forward to atomic blonde from the makers of John Wick with uh, Charlize Theron as the female assassin. Uh, the Emoji Movie. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I saw that they, did a, uh, they released a little sort of behind-the-scenes thing that showed how Charlize was training and stuff. Holy crap, man. She, it's just bad. She is tough. <laughs> and yes, for all of those who, who have been waiting with bated breath for a new set of predictions that I guarantee will not come true, an inconvenient sequel is also coming out next week. Which is, of course, it is very inconvenient. If you recall, we're supposed to all be underwater at this point, according right. to the inconvenient truth. Exactly. It was an inconvenient mistake. Um, <laughs> an inconvenient miscalculation. <laughs> uh huh. It was way <laughs> off. Just way off. Sorry about that, buddy. But people still believe the man. Mm -hmm. uh, we're about to be into the next ice age, so stick around. <laughs> I know, right? Um, coming home this week on home video Ghost in the Shell, which I haven't seen yet, so it's not in my top five. Was that is this the the um, Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson mm -hmm. live action? Okay, it is. Uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm hits Blu-ray for the first time, and the Boss Baby will be your biggest releases of the week on Blu-ray. Mm. Right. Well, at least Batman's coming home. Yeah, I'm definitely getting uh, Mask of the Phantasm on Blu-ray. Uh, oh, that's one of the best animated films of all time. Yeah, all right, I'll give it that. Batman for sure. Um, before we dive into the newsy top news, and once again, our topic is the the year's half over. What are your top five movies of the year? Jacob, you've seen five. I've seen five. So what are your top five? All right, so you want me to go through the whole five? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. I can't there. wait to hear this, Jacob. All right, so I'm going to put it number five. Okay, you, you can rank yours. I'm ranking okay. my, right, because, I mean, there's only five. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, so at number five, I've got uh, the Power Rangers. Okay. Decent enough movie. Uh, not an amazing movie, but, you know, okay. better than I expected. Uh, at number four, Lego Batman, because... It's Lego Batman. And sure it's enough. pretty funny. Pretty yeah. great. Uh, oh, at secret camera. 
at number three, I'm going with Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Wow. Great, great Spider-Man movie. Uh, number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. All right. I can get behind uh, that. You're doing well wrong. so far? Yeah. And then number one, my favorite movie of the year so far. Probably not a surprise. Logan. Okay. There I mean, you go. just an amazing, emotional, uh, not ever wanting to cry that much in a comic book movie. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I've seen so far this year, I've seen 23 movies. So, so i got to be honest, Logan's not even on my top five, but we'll get to that later. Let's, wow. I know, right? <laughs> uh, let's get to some newsy type news. Uh, to start with, sad news. Over the last uh, last weekend, saw the passing of two elder statesmen in the movie business. First, George Romero, the horror legend who gave us the modern cinematic zombie with Night of the Living Dead, passed at the age of 77 after a brief battle with lung cancer. And then not long after that, word came uh, that Martin Landau had passed at the age of 89. I mean, he, uh, the original Mission Impossible television show, he was, you know, worked with uh, uh, well, I could, uh, Hitchcock on North by Northwest. He was uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, worked with Woody Allen, you know, Tim Burton. He won a, an Oscar for his portrayal of Bela Lugosi and Ed Wood. Um, just a long career. But the, like I said, uh, two elder statesmen in the cinematic world passed away within you know basically hours of each other yeah. last weekend yeah and and one quick note on uh, george romero i just came across this earlier on a lot of people know about night of the living dead dawn of dawn of the dead and things like that mm-hmm. dude was a humongous sports fan as well and if you happen to have the nfl network tonight i think it's at seven o'clock central time they're going to do a uh, what they call a show called the timeline and it's about george romero and his doing film work for the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 1970s. They're calling it Night of the Living Steelers. <laughs> nice. I've actually seen this before. It's a repeat. It's excellent. If you haven't seen it and you kind of want to get a little idea of what else George Romero was into, this is a great entry into that. Oh, cool. Thanks for the heads up, man. Um, once again, we're doing your top five movies of the year, so if you want to get in on this, if you can even do a top two, top three, nine four one one zero one one because, hey, we love you and we want to talk to you. That's, sure. just the, that's just the way we roll. We're nice people. Right. Steve. Yeah. We thought that we were free of free from them forever. Good God, yeah. But unfortunately, it appears that the cast of Jersey Shore is headed back to our televisions. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I have to do this. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. We were really hoping that they would all just be kind of gone from our lives when they finally canceled the MCV piece of junk. But just when we thought we were free and clear, leave it up to the network that continues to shove the Kardashians into our eyeballs. Uh-huh. E to bring them back. Uh, this bad excuse for a network now has brought back the idiots that we know as Snooki, Jay Wow, and all the others for what they're calling a docu-series, the network terms it as. Uh-huh. Uh, the series is called a Reunion Road Trip, and what it's going to do is reunite the cast of older TV shows, both scripted and unscripted or reality. Uh, and one of the first ones that they're going to do is the Jersey Shore. Woohoo! Something else in this. <laughs> Is that it? You done? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I feel like I. I, wash my hands now. I'm I don't know. I feel like there's more to the story, Steve. You should dig a little deeper on it. Uh, tell you what, feel free to do that in your own free time. Uh, when we go to break, I'm going to go wash my hands because I just yeah. Okay. I, like I feel like I need to comment on it, but it's like, what do you even? What what words can even express how terrible that sounds? Okay. Well, we can't put those on the air. We'd get fined. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Ryan, Netflix is making a bit of a change to one of its steady performers. What's in the works with Narcos? 
Well, with that, uh, Season 3 of the Drug Cartel series is only going to introduce the successor to Pablo Escobar, Wagner Mora's famous kingpin. He was gunned down after Season 2 Manhunt. The Netflix series is also going to return without half of the duo. Boy Holbrook, speaking of Logan, who played the other real DEA agent which the show is based, he won't be returning as the character known as Steve Murphy, which is why the actor is missing from the announcement. First of all, this is all the first teaser that has hit uh, the web uh, this past week. The third season is going to premiere on September the 1st. Cool. All right. Well, Jacob, man... Yes. Let's talk about a powerhouse partnership behind the scenes. What is the what with FX's upcoming The Mastermind? Yeah, and this is not to be confused with the movie with uh, Zach Galifianakis from, well, I think it was last right. year. Yeah. <laughs> different, completely <laughs> different things. So this is from Fargo creator Noah Hawley mm-hmm. and going to be pro- uh, produced by uh, Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead. Okay, then. And directed by, at least partially, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo from the Civil War, or America, Captain America: Civil War. Get out! All of these people are coming together to make this mo- uh, this TV show on FX called The Mastermind. Uh, it is about. Uh, it's based on Atavist Magazine co-founder and CEO Evan Ratliff's investigative stories. Uh, they're adapting um, the story, The Mastermind, which is why where it got the title. Uh, it's a long series of stories about Paul Leroux. Uh, Leroux was a computer programmer and criminal cartel boss who became an informant for the DEA. He trafficked guns, laundered money, was into gold smuggling and an online pharmacy. Uh, he had play activities all around the world and even had an enforcer named Joseph Rambo Hunter, who was once a sniper and drill sergeant for the United States Army. Uh, I, I don't know if I need to, what else I can say to sell you on I that. Mean, I'm sold on this. Right. That <laughs> sounds amazing. Right. It's like it's, they got the right people lined up to make it. Yeah. The uh, the uh, topic sounds pretty cool. Right. Why not? I mean, that's... Why not? Right. <laughs> Unless I die. All right, Steve. Uh, what is Punch Escrow? And should we feel good about the director of Alice Through the Looking Glass working on this thing? Uh, if you go by some of his earlier stuff, probably you would feel a little better about it. Uh, Lionsgate picking up the rights to the Talon Klein novel. If you haven't read it, it's about a man in the year 2147 by the name of Joel Byram. His job is to train artificial intelligence to act and be more human-like. But somehow, throughout all the process, he ends up duplicating himself during a teleportation. And now he needs to outsmart all the people that control teleportation and get back to his woman. Uh, the man who directed <laughs> Alice, Ms. James Bobin, is attached as the director. He also has both of the recent Buffett movies. So it makes me feel a little bit better about him. Okay. All right. Cool. Well... Um, this week it's all music from the soundtrack of Baby Driver, but if you're curious. This is Bob and Earl with the Harlem Shuffle. More news coming up. Steve, myself, Ryan, we all have our top five of the year. We want to hear yours. 941-1011. This is the Entertainment Roundtable. We'll be right back. You know you scratch Just like a monkey Yeah, you do Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger in Greater Birmingham. 
Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Think you're dealing with drug poisoning, chemical poisoning, food poisoning? Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. This is Bobby Humphrey, former member of the University of Alabama football team. As a father, coach, and mentor, I know how important safety and stability are to a kid. Consider being a foster parent or adopting from foster care. Open your heart and open your home and join the team. Please call 1-866-4AL-KIDS for more information. That's 1-866-425-5437. Sponsored by the Alabama DHR, this station, and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Having trouble with your air conditioner? Listen to the Freedom Heating and Cooling Radio Show this weekend. Need help right now? Be the first person to go to cleanmyac.com, fill out the radio discount request form, and get $252 worth of service for $39.95. That's cleanmyac.com. Welcome back to it. It's the Entertainment Roundtable. This is the incredible Bongo Band with Mongolia. Once again, all the music today is from the soundtrack of Baby Driver. Uh, we've been talking our favorite movies of the uh, of the year so far, and I think maybe Billy Joe wants to chime in on that. Hey, Billy Joe, how's it going this morning, my friend? Hey, just fine, just fine. Yeah, I'd like to tell you that uh, I still agree that Wonder Woman so far has been the best one I've seen this year. And uh, just as a comment right quick, I can't believe they're going to have a female Doctor Who. And I'd <laughs> like to hear you all's input on that later. Yeah. But once again, I sure enjoy y'all's program. Listen to it every Saturday. Oh, well, I Have appreciate it. Day. You too, Billy Joe. Thanks for chiming in, my friend. How about that? So, yeah, we uh, we will have some uh, word on the uh, new Doctor Who coming up here soon. Uh, but just a, another bit of bad news uh, just came down the pipe this morning. Uh, John Hurd, who was a star of several big 80s and 90s movies, you may remember him as the father from the Home Alone movies, uh, he died yesterday in Palo Alto, California, um, according to TMZ, he was found in a hotel by a maid service. Uh, according to family sources, police were called, but he was pronounced dead on the scene. So uh, no cause of death at this time. But, um, wow. Uh, they know that they don't believe there's any foul play. Uh, but apparently, according to his rep, he had minor back surgery Wednesday. Huh. And was staying at the hotel while he recovered. He was 71 years old. Uh, he had... Let's see. He was on. Uh, he was in Big Beaches, uh, Gladiator, not the one about the like, the, uh, the Romans, but I believe the one about the boxing. 
Uh, he was in Pelican Brief. He had uh, roles on TV on Miami Vice, uh, The Sopranos, and even uh, in the first Sharknado. So another celebrity. CSI Miami, too. Yeah, another celebrity uh, has passed away. John Hurd did at 71. Can people please just stop dying, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I think science. Already. We've had four people die in less than two days. Sorry. Just stop it. Welcome stop it. Well, yeah, well, life, it's a, <laughs> it's a terminal condition, man, <laughs> so Probably, far. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? Ryan, before yes, we get sir. to your next uh, story here, uh, let's go ahead and get your top five of the year so far, if you don't mind. Mm, all right, you know what? This is really hard for me, guys. You really put me put my back against the wall. I had to really think because it's been a it's been a long year already. We're seven months in, but you know what? I got five. These are in order of the release date, so these are in. You know, I'm not saying this one is better than the other. I'm just saying these are the films I remember seeing that I really enjoyed the most. And here are the top five. So here we go. Starting in at number one, you got the Lego Batman movie. Coming in at number two is Logan. Coming in at number three is uh, Power Rangers. Love that movie. <laughs> uh, coming in at number four is Kong Skull Island. And at number five, War for the Planet of the Apes. Booyah. That's, My top five. That's not a bad list, man. i got to be honest. It's been a, like I said earlier, I've seen 23 films uh, when I counted them yesterday. And I've had uh, I've had pretty good luck this year. Not that many misses. Of course, I've, I think I, at, at my age, I've got to the point where I've sort of had the formula down. If I yeah. know what I'm going to like. But uh, so far, there's really not been much. I mean, there have been a couple that have been a little disappointing, but for the most part, it's been a good year for me at the movies, and I'll get to my top five here later. Anyway, Ryan, Joe Hill, uh, who, if you don't know, is the son of horror master Stephen King, wrote a little comic series called Lock and Key. Hulu. Hulu sucks. He's producing a series based on the book, and now word is coming that a directorial shakeup on the pilot episode has happened. What's going on there, buddy? Gee willikers, you and Hulu, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, Annie Muschietti, who has directed Stephen King's a new version of It and Mama, he is going to take over helming duties for the announced Scott Derrickson. Uh, Derrickson had to exit the Hulu pilot due to uh, scheduling conflicts with a TNT pilot he's putting together uh, based off of Snowpiercer. Don't worry, it's a movie I haven't seen yet, but it's on my list of things I need to do, so Pretty don't good. worry. Yeah, I, I like the list yet. Anywho, Muschietti will also be credited as an EP on the comic book project, joining his sister and established partner, uh, Barbara Muschietti, Picked up uh, back in April, it's based on an IDW Comics horror fantasy series that revolves around three siblings who, after the gruesome murder of their father, move to their ancestral home in the great state of Maine, only to find the house has magical keys that give them a vast array of powers. Little do they know, a devious demon also wants the keys and will stop at nothing to attain them. Huh, I've read the first couple of, of collections of this series. It's, yeah, it's me pretty too. interesting. Yeah, it's good. So um, I, I'm excited they're doing a TV show based on it. Yeah, and it's not that's really not a bad thing. You know, Scott Derrickson did Doctor Strange, so he was a good choice. Uh, he had to step out. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, from all indications, Muschietti is, uh, did a pretty good job. I think they showed some uh, footage at Comic-Con uh, yesterday that people were freaked out about. So that's always a good thing with a horror movie. Um, speaking of Comic Con, we don't have a whole lot of news from it yet, but uh, probably next week will oh, be very. Yeah, it's coming San in. San Diego Comic Con coming in hard. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> this is the con. If you don't know, uh, where the, probably the biggest con of the year. Yeah. Well, most of the, the WrestleMania of Comic Con. It, it is. This is where the movie studios come in and do like hour long presentations of what they got coming up. You got. I mean, it's but it's become more movies really. Yeah. Than comics. So. And yeah, it's it's the most news heavy. 
uh, yeah, kind. I, I checked today. It's like, gosh, man, there's so many stories coming out right. on this one site that I think their whole first page was nothing but Comic Con coverage. Anyway, Twitter is blowing up. There you go. If my internet hadn't gotten knocked out by lightning at the house, I'd be more on top of it. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Hey, yep. looky here. We have a new Doctor Who. We and do. It's a lady person. It is a lady person. So we we knew. Uh, it, it story it broke a while back that this would be uh, Peter Capaldi's final season, uh, the one that's either just finished or is still about to finish. I'm not, I can't remember. I'm behind on my Doctor Who episodes. Uh, the, I'll be honest, this season not that great. What, I mean, what, you just have a baby or something? I did just have a baby too. Well, my <laughs> wife did. I mean, you know, I didn't have a baby, um, but now I have a baby. So right. you know, anyways. So, yeah, uh, uh, we also know that, um, uh, what's his name, and I don't have it on here, they're, they're changing showrunners, and I cannot think of the guy's Moffitt? name. Moffat? Uh, well, Moffat is leaving, but they're changing, uh, Chris Chinball. Okay. That's his name, or Chibnall, I believe is his actual name. Is that a chick? Uh, huh? <laughs> Anyways, uh, he's coming on to be the new showrunner, so he has cast. Chatterbang? <laughs> no. Uh, Cherry Bomb? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Making this easy. So, uh, and, and, and he actually did the show. He was the showrunner for the very good uh, detective drama uh, Broadchurch. Okay. With starring David Tennant. Uh, he has cast Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. She played uh, the mother of the son, the, the kid who gets killed in the very first episode. Um, and so uh, she's, she's done a lot. Uh, she was in, you know, of Broadchurch. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. She was also in Attack the Block. Yes, she was. Which gave us John Boyega in case yes. you're keeping score. So uh, it's been in several things. I'm not, me personally, I'm not upset by this. I think it's fine. Uh, there's precedent in, in Doctor Who lore where, you know, a Time Lord can change from male to female when they change. So that's not really all that crazy. Mm. So um, it, it's fine. I, you know, it is what it is. I think she'll do a good job. There you go. There it is. Anybody upset over here? With that, guys? I don't watch Dr. Who. I think sooner or later it was bound to happen. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. As long as the actress is good in the role, that's the important part. And and she is a good actress. So, I mean, I'm I'm fine with her. I don't have a dog in this fight. Or a doctor in this fight. You do like, because I could care less about the Whovian universe. You guys go on your merry little way and your little eat-a-bit-tardis and have fun while I'm watching something else like Star Wars. You know, you know, it is bigger on the inside. That's what they say. Yeah, I don't really care, Jacob. I'm not a Whovian, nor will I ever will be. So let's move hey, on with yeah. our lives. There's, there's no need to be like that. There people love Doctor Who, and that's fine. Let them love yeah, Doctor that's Who. fine, but I ain't no Whovian. Let's move on. <laughs> I'll move on when I'm ready. Let's talk some more Who. No, anyway, Steve, we've had yeah. so much Spider-Man. We've got the new movie. Yeah. We've got an animated movie on the way, and now we have details on, like, the fifth animated show in, like, t- ten years from Disney. Right. What's up, man? Well, learning about some of the voices, and we actually have a debut date. First, we'll go with that. Uh, it's going to debut on a TV near your eyeballs Saturday, August the 19th at 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central Time. So I'm imagining that several DVRs are about to be programmed. Secondly, while there aren't a whole lot of recognizable names taking on these voices, Peter Parker is going to be voiced by Robbie Damon. He uh, previously has worked in movies and shows like Breadwinners and Get Blake. And Patton Oswalt is actually going to be a part in this as well. It's a very short-lived role because he's taken on the role of Uncle Ben. So uh-huh. there you go. Uncle Ben. One interesting note here: there is in this animated series a coffee shop owner 
by the name of Joe, who will appear from time to time. That role is going to be voiced by none other than Marvel's chief creative officer, Joe Casada. Okay. Huh. thought it was kind of a funny little thing to note. I gotcha. Here's my only issue with it. Look, it was like, I don't know what's up with Disney. They had uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which every story was based on a, a, a you know a classic comic book story, basically. Yeah. And, and people, the people who watched it loved it. And yeah, it was and good. And then they canceled it and came out with, like, the Avengers based on the movie folks. Yeah. They had Spectacular Spider-Man a few years ago. Same thing. It was very true to the comics. People really dug it. And then they canceled it and came out with the Spider-Man cartoon that's on now. And now they're dropping it for, man, I don't know. Whatever. I guess they're basing it on the movie version, too. Everything now seems to have yep. to correspond to the movie version. Look, Marvel loves the Spider-Man reboot. That's true. Everyone you loves know? a reboot, right? <laughs> people? No, not so much. That is true. Okay. All right, Ryan. A wrinkle in time. That's the important part. It has to look like the movie. True. Right, right. All right, right. A Wrinkle in Time has got a pretty good pedigree behind the camera and in front of it, and uh, they've just released their first trailer. Give us the details and tell us what you think, man. Yes, sir. This is going to be directed by Ava DuVernay, who you may remember uh, from uh, Selma, the ambitious project adaptation of the 1963 children's classic by Menelin L. Engel. Film star Storm Reed as Meg Murray, young girl whose scientist father, played by... Steve Trevor himself, Chris mm-hmm. Pine. All right, he's back. Fantastic. <laughs> he's been missing after disappearing years earlier. The sprawling cast includes Oprah Winfrey as Mrs. Witch, Reese Witherspoon as Mrs. What's It, Zach Galifianakis as the Happy Medium. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I call him Happy or Medium for that matter. But anyway, <laughs> and Mindy Kaling as Mrs. Who. Not Doctor Who, Jacob, but Mrs. Who. The film is going to theaters everywhere just in time for March movie madness. March 9th, 2018. Saw the trailer. I dig it. Let's go see it because... Schools have been advertising this thing to me for over a decade when I was growing up in elementary, middle, and high school, and I never got around to reading it. So now I can watch the movie and use the spark notes. There you go. It's pretty good. I really like the book. Um, I, I know sci-fi did an adaptation a few years ago, and I didn't make it about 10 minutes into that one. It was kind of it was weak. So if they can get the, if they can get the feel uh, and the atmosphere of it right, I'm, I, I, hope, I hope they do it good. I hope they do it, I hope they do it right. Jacob, you you really like sci-fi's The Expanse series. I like it myself. Yeah, it's probably the best sci-fi on television right now. All right. Well, how do you feel about the newest bit of casting? Uh, I don't really have anything one way or the other. I mean, I, I don't I I don't know that I've seen a ton that uh, this actor has played in, uh, and what he has, I don't remember him that well from. So, really? Yeah, I, I know. I know he's a famous. Really? Yeah. Leave me alone. Come on, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jimmy Changa. David Strathairn uh, is going to be joining uh, the cast for the third season, and the only real details that we know are are that his character uh, will be given a significant arc. So I'm not sure what that will be. So it'll be it'll be large, but it will be significant. It will. It will be. <laughs> really, Jason Statham, you know, yeah, nothing on him. Not sneakers. He's the blind one. You no, know? look, I'm not saying that he I, was the I, heavy in the second Bourne movie. Yeah. Just, I don't oh, know. the third one? Third one. The third one? Really? Nothing? I don't know. It's, it's good, but... Whatever, man. Mm-mm-mm. Broke my heart today. Sorry. Raspberry. What do you want me to do? Steve, you're up next, but I want but before we get to your story, let's hear your top five of 2017 so far, if you don't mind. Oh, I certainly. We'll start off at number five. Really, really enjoyed the movie Logan. Uh, number four, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume number two. Brings me to number three. Really, really enjoyed Wonder Woman. 
Uh, for those of you that are wondering where Spider-Man is, because I raved about it last week, it's like 5B to Logan's 5A. <laughs> uh, the top two have nothing to do with superheroes. Uh, number two, Baby Driver. Just absolutely thoroughly enjoyed that movie. But number one, Chapter 2 with John Wick. <laughs> there you go. Love it. If you want to chime in with your favorite movies of 2017 so far, it doesn't have to be five. Give us two. Give us three. Hey, just say the, my one movie that I've seen that I loved. We want to hear from you, 941. I'm assuming you did. 1011. All right, Steve. Disney is continuing its live-action remakes forever, probably yeah. because of all the money. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's happening on the Aladdin front? Uh, guy Ritchie is the guy behind the camera on this one, and he has cast a couple of people. Middle Eastern actor Mina Masood is your title character of Aladdin, and he has selected Naomi Scott. And for those of you that watched the recent Power Rangers film, Naomi Scott is the one who took on the role of the pink Power Ranger. She is going to be your Jasmine. For Masood, he is working, uh, by the way, in the Jack Ryan TV series, which will be coming to Amazon Prime soon. And by the way, for those of you who haven't heard, the genie done to perfection by Robin Williams in the animated film in the live-action remake, it will be portrayed by Will Smith. Hey, wait a minute. Naomi Scott was born in London. Yes. I've already seen I'm just East, She uh, has Middle Eastern uh, ancestry. So. Okay, just want to make sure. I've seen some people be like, what's up with Naomi? What? So she does have... She has Middle Eastern ancestry, so, so there you go. Shut your mouth. People. Let's see the birth certificate. I need I need proof. I know. People get so upset about this stuff. Whitewashing. All right, Ryan. Don't, don't, don't look at Naomi's birth certificate because that won't tell you anything. you got to look at the birth certificates of her parents. There you go. Sure. What? I can't wait till Disney gets so far behind on new ideas that they start making remakes of their remakes. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going to happen within two years, Jacob. Maybe you and I should pen the script. Not. Well, here's the thing. Well, up next is, is is a live action remake of all the terrible sequels they've made to their right. animated movies. Right. So. Actually, no. Here, here comes your, your great idea. Once we've done uh, live action remakes of all of our animated stuff, then we're going to go back and we're going to reanimate. Those live <laughs> yeah, <action. laughs> Maleficent, the animated TV movie. There you go. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea, Hollywood. Wrong. <laughs> 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 all right, Ryan. Lots of big events this week. Well, we've already mentioned San Diego Comic Con earlier in the week. We had D twenty three, the big Disney Expo. Uh, well, we got a little bit of Star Wars: The Last Jedi business. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, they released a behind-the-scenes footage reel. The movie's going to hit theaters everywhere on December 15th, 2017. It's the Christmas gift that's always, always, always is going to keep on giving. Love the reel. Love it from head to toe. It's about family, and they do a tip of the hat and a very good uh, in-memoriam kind of thanks kid to uh, General Leia herself, Carrie Fisher. I loved it. Doesn't give anything away about the movie. Go and watch it. You will be amazed, and you may get emotional. There you go. Did anybody else watch that? The I did not. You did not. How about you, Steve? I haven't, no. I watched it. It looks pretty good, man. And and the the posters they released with uh, everything uh, in red. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen some of those. <laughs> yeah, so there. That means there are dark times are coming. Yeah, it's uh. Let's just say the the hype train of, for the new Star Wars is, has left the station. Yeah, and I am on board. All right, trailer break, guys. The new Blade Runner twenty forty nine trailer dropped this week. I saw it in the theater, on the big screen. What do y'all think? I'm going to go first as I saw on the big screen. I can bring this to me. My eyeballs need it now. I'm so looking forward to this. When they announced it, I was skeptical. I'll admit it. I was like, a sequel to Blade Runner? What are they thinking? Then they said, guess who's directing this bad boy? Denis Villeneuve. I was like, you know what? I'm down. Then they dropped the first trailer. I was like, it looking good. And now this new one adds even more plot to it. I'm like, you know what? I'm sold. 
I don't need this to see another second. My my butt is in the seat. Jacob, what did you think, man? Yeah, so I really like this one too. Uh, I I don't know that I can really say a whole ton other than who would have thought Dave Bautista would be a good actor? <laughs> no, like, right. where did that come from? Pro wrestling, man. I know. I'm like, man, he actually is actually good. Like, I don't know. Let's take a look at other act wrestlers who tried that. Ho Hogan, not so good. Not very not good. Well, that's true. That's really about it. You know that you can't. There's no way you can look at me like a good guy. Oh, The Rock, maybe. The Rock. That's really about the it. The Rock has been successful, but I would not call him a good actor. That's okay. a, those are different things. This is this is also true. Uh, all right, Steve, what did you think, man? Uh, kind of like you, I was a little skeptical when they announced they were going to do it, but then we saw that first trailer. I was in. This second trailer just confirms it for me. And I noticed a couple of little things. Uh, the fun thing, they continue to go with the logos that were so prominent in the first one, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that, for example, Atari isn't as prominent now as it was back when the first Blade Runner was out. Pan AM is no longer in existence, but if you pay attention at one point in time during the second trailer, you still have the logo for Pan Am in there. Right. The detail of going from the first to the second one and remembering things like that, yeah, I can't wait for this. Yeah. In in Atari's defense, I think they're about to drop a new console, the first one in decades. So. Yeah, I've heard. But Who knows? They may, they they're may still win. nowhere near as prominent as Sony or Microsoft with their Xbox. They may end up winning the console wars by 2049. You don't know. I'm Ryan, pretty sure they you never know. <laughs> That's right. What did you think, Ryan? Of the Blade Runner trailer? I don't know. I didn't watch it because I think Hollywood and the audience should take a P's and Q's and uh, don't watch more than the first two trailers because otherwise you're going to get way too many spoilers in the movie and the overall experience could in fact be ruined for you. So I avoided this trailer like the plague. I saw the first two trailers. They sold me. I'm down. It looks deep. It looks dark. It's a film noir. I'm down. Let's see where it goes. Well, okay then. I really, and I meant to mention this too, Jared Leto in this, like the, the trailer for this, I'm like, I want to see more of that guy. Right. And like, it's like every, everything we saw of his Joker. Joker. Exactly. Yeah. It was like the exact opposite. Exactly. The more we saw of his Joker, the less I wanted to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jacob, we've mentioned Andy Muschietti. We got some more news. The IT director has already lined up his next big screen work, and it is big. Yeah, this is, uh, if, if they can make this work, which I have doubts about it, this is going to be pretty great, but we'll see. Uh, so Andy Muschietti is going to be developing and directing the studio ap- adaptation of uh, Robotech. Uh, you may okay. remember it. It was an 80s anime with robots fighting. That's really, it's just robots fighting. It's, you know. It's people driving giant robots, right? Right. Is this the one that they sort of like can turn into jets too or something? Yeah, no? I think so. There's, I, I forget. <laughs> like I, I've seen like bits and pieces of Robotech, so I don't, I'm not a huge okay. Person on no this. pun intended. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. But yeah, it's something something along the lines of, uh, you know, some alien technology lands and the humans lands on Earth and humans develop it into robots and then then aliens attack and they use those robots to fight the aliens. So, aha, here's some of your medicine aliens. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, well, before uh, we continue with the news, I'm the last one, the last holdout with my top five of the year. Like I said, I've seen 23 movies this year. Uh, so narrowing mine down was, and I've liked most of them, so, but, uh, I'll be honest, it didn't take me long to, to separate the cream of the crop. Uh, coming in at number five was Wonder Woman. Love that movie. Uh, my fourth favorite uh, so far, again, these aren't the best, just my favorites, War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Dug it, had no business being as good as it was, but it capped off that trilogy perfectly. Uh, my number three favorite so far is Baby Driver. Just dug it hard. 
Uh, number two, a movie most of y'all probably haven't heard of, a little indie horror movie called A Dark Song, okay. which I absolutely adored. And number one, a movie th- that I've watched probably the most already this year, John Wick 2. I keep going back to it. Hey, I'm bored. What can I do? Oh, I know John Wick 2. <laughs> I don't blame you. Right on, man. Right on. All right, Steve. Yeah. They still doing all the live shows, man. And NBC yeah. is working on one with Alec Baldwin, and I'm, I don't know if any of us can handle the truth of it. Well, I'm just happy that they decided not to take his uh, version of Trump from SNL and turn it into a live thing. But this it would be the biggest might show. Might not be much better. Uh, and I'm praying that they don't turn this into a musical either. Uh, NBC is bringing back the Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson military-themed film, A Few Good Men, mm. and making it into a live version. Baldwin is going to take on the role that Jack Nicholson filled in the film, which means he's got very big shoes to fill. Right. He's going to take on the role of Colonel Nathan Jessup. Otherwise, not a whole lot more is known about this. Really, they haven't announced any of the other actors right now. The only thing that we know is Alec Baldwin's in and that it will air sometime towards the end of this upcoming 2017-2018 television season. So figure maybe next April or May, probably. I hope he, Alec Ball was the heck out of it, you know? Hey, pal, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. I'm Alec Baldwin. That's actually not a terrible Alec Baldwin impersonation. I'll Thanks. give you credit for that. <laughs> hey, listen up. Yeah, but he just, for me, he lacks the, the gravitas, if you will, of being able to pull that role off the way that a Jack did. Oh, is that a fact, pal? Well, maybe you can't handle the truth. It is a fact. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. That's right. I wanted to play it like his character from 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so condescending, all yeah. Liz Lemon, you can't handle the truth. All right, uh, let's see. We're getting near the end here. Um, I'm not going to skip around the news, but I do want to do trailer break the second. Did everybody watch the trailer for The Shape of Water? Yeah, yeah. All right, Jacob, what did you think? Uh, actually, is a movie I probably want to go see. I'm not a not a huge uh, Del Toro. Shut fan. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a good. Right, dir- I think he's a good director, <laughs> but I, I a lot of the movies I'm not a huge fan of his. Mm. Uh, but this looks this looks like something interesting. Okay, Ryan, did you watch this trailer? It's the first one. The love that dare not be named. <laughs> yeah, I think they announced this trailer while I was before War for the Planet of the Apes started. I think it was. I saw it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, probably not going to see it. Not going to rush out to see it. Really, not my cup of tea. I mean, a woman falling in love with a monster—that's just too much. Um, I think I'm going to pass. I'm going to wait for his other movie, even though he's not directing. I'm going to wait, wait for Pacific Rim Uprising, which is Pacific Rim 2. I'll wait for that and move on with my life. They're the only ones that understand each other. And Ryan yeah, well, I understand that, but it's just not my cup of tea, sonny boy. I'm going to move on and watch other movies. The Shape of Water, you know, the title doesn't fit with the overall story, but you know, whatever. Man, he, I think he honestly had his sense of whimsy removed at some point against his will. And he has no knowledge of it. Never, dude. I mean, Guillermo del Toro is only good with little doses with me. I don't want to drink all his coffee. I only That's drink right. little parts of it. I understand. It's okay. You, you have no heart. You, you, you don't understand emotions. I have a heart because I've seen <laughs> Hellboy 1 and 2 in Pacific Rim, and I can't wait for Pac Rim 2, son. I, I got you. Steve, your thoughts. Save us. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit more artsy than what I kind of expect out of a Guillermo del Toro film, but at the same time, I liked it. Um uh, Kind of the best thing that I could put, it was it was taking the movie Splash from Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah from way, uh, way, way ago and putting a bit of a sinister tone to it. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I'm actually in. I'm surprised, but I'm in on it. There you go. Well, you know, you guys know where I'm going to come down on this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's Del Toro. I have every one of his movies. 
uh, he, I'm all, he, uh, I'm 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 picking up what he's putting down every time. I'm surprised you haven't pre-ordered your tickets already. <laughs> <laughs> This yeah. once again, usually when he's working, you know, on his own stuff, he's not doing a studio movie. When he's doing the script, you get stuff like Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone, Crimson Peak, which I absolutely loved. Michael Shannon is in his movie, y'all. Yeah. Uh-oh. Richard Jenkins is in this movie, y'all. And, and, and Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon's it up in this movie. It looks like he does, man. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, I'm yeah, I'm there. Um, but you know, Del Toro, he's he's always loved the monsters and 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 humanizing them, so. Get, take some tissue is all I'm going to say, okay? Where are we at? Where are we at? Ryan! Yes, sir. Disney, live-action remake news in your grill again. we got the Little Mermaid coming. There will be songs. Who's going to do them? Uh, that will be Hamilton's own Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's going to sign on to score the live-action adaptation of the show as one of his idols. The original composer of the 1989, good Lord, I was two years old when this film hit theaters, uh, Alan Menken. They're both going to be working on this together. We don't have a cast or a director for this film yet, but we'll find out more as we go along. Fantastic. The only other bit of news I want to announce is that Dr. Doom is getting his own movie, and it's coming from who? I don't forget. Uh, Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley, the Noah guy Hawley. who gave us Fargo. Fargo, yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so Come on. in. That is insanity. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, our time is done. As always, it's, man, it's been fun. Another fun show, you guys. Ryan, I'm glad y'all, you know, you have such a sense of humor, man. I love picking at you, brother. Steve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Happy to add sense of humor and bring justice to this show. <laughs> Steve, always good to talk to you, man. Jacob, good love to it. see you. Yeah, glad to be here. Gary, as always, still in work. We'll do it again next week.